in the house of the Lord today, as Pastor Rodica said, uh, when we come together to worship God, uh, there's just something special that takes place. The, first of all, he says our unity activates an exponential authority and power of God where one can put a thousand and two can put 10,000, 10, 20 of us can put 10 septillion to flight. So there's an exponential power here. And uh, I thank God for that. And I thank God that you took the time to come out this morning. I tell you, I was weeping last night as I was praying and preparing and, and the Lord was just showing me your hearts. God loves you guys so much. You are the apple of his eye. Let me tell you what, he loves you guys so much. And he's given me a love for you that I can't put words to it. I just wanted to reach out and hug everybody last night and tell you guys I love you. And I said, if I start posting stuff like that at three in the morning, they'll think, what in the world's wrong? His pastor drinking or something, and I don't drink. But I, I tell you what, I just wanted you to know God loves you. I love you, Pastor Rodrigo. We, we pray for you guys. We just want to embrace you and let you know that you are special to us. Thank you for being a part of Christian Embassy and Thank you for being a part of our lives. We, we, we pray that we can get to know each other even deeper and uh, be, do life together in a special way. Praise God. Well, what I wanted to deal with today is uh, the, the Lord was showing me some of the tactics of the enemy and how he's always at work. And, uh, and one of the things he loves to do is bring opposition into our life. And uh, so I want to show you this morning uh, some practical things and how to handle opposition how to handle opposition, because the devil is not our friend. I'm telling you, he is not your friend, and he is doing everything he can to oppose the plan of God, the will of God, and the purpose of God, not only for you as an individual, but for us as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you, we're not going to let the devil win. We're not going to let him outsmart us when we have access to the very mind of God, to the wisdom of God, by the Spirit of God through His Word. Amen? So He's given me a revelation on how to handle opposition because God wants you to know that He has done everything He can to draw close to you, to bridge the gap that sin brought in so that the devil doesn't win, but you and I, that we become more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. If we go all the way back in the Old Testament... We see that God has uh, revealed himself after the fall of man, after that time of intimacy with Adam and Eve, when the fall of man took place and there was this bridge between the uh, brokenness of sin between God and man. God starts reaching out to man. Man doesn't reach out to God. If you remember after Adam and Eve sinned, it was still God going to meet with them and they're hiding from God and God's even calling them out. Same is still true today. God is doing everything to draw near to you but you've got to respond and draw nigh to Him as well. But in the Old Testament, we know God in uh, the beginning basically by the name of Yahweh. Yahweh, uh, which would be our e uh, English equivalent maybe of Jehovah. And, uh, and we see that uh, God is revealing Himself as this self-existent God. He's not propped up by any other God. He's not propped up by any other power. He is God. Uh, there was no beginning with him because he is God. And there's nothing he's dependent on because he is God. All things are dependent on him. And over 7,000 times throughout the Old Testament, we see Yahweh, uh, God, uh, showing himself to us and expressing himself to us as the eternal God, the ever-living one. 
And then as we progress through the Old Testament, you see this characteristic of God that he begins to reveal himself more intimately and more personal as, as circumstances and situations would arise. Uh, and then people begin to, through those circumstances, in his revelation, call him by compound name, uh, Jehovah, and whatever that provision was because of some obstacle, because of some need or some challenge that they were facing. It was Abraham and Isaac at the altar, if you remember, where God reveals himself as Jehovah Jireh, that I am your God, your provider. And there was a ram caught in the thicket and God provided the sacrifice. God wanted us to know that no matter what the sacrifices of life would call on us, that we never have to lose our life, that God would intervene, that we can reach out to God and know that our God will make provision for us. He said, I will meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. That we have a God that is not wound this earth up and standing afar off. But he says, I am a God that wants to reach in and I want to help you. I want to work with you. I want to provide for you. I want to care for you. I am Jehovah Jireh. And then you remember when they were in the desert and they came into the water of Mara and the water was bitter and, and harmful to their health. And God said, take a tree and put it in the water. The tree representing a, a shadow, foreshadowing of the cross and how the cross was going to take the curse off of us. And, and it took the curse of the bitterness out of the water and the water became sweet. And there God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, our God, our healer. He wants you to know that today, that life tries to offer you bitterness of bitter uh, things that you have to drink, bitter things that try to destroy you. But God said, don't you forget that I am a God that is not afar off. I am a God that is ever near. I am closer than a brother. And he says, I am your Jehovah Jireh. I am your God, your provider. But I want you to know me also as Jehovah Rapha. I want you to know me as your great physician. I want you to know me as your healer. If you need healing today, I want you to call on the Jehovah Jireh and the Jehovah Rapha who will meet your need and bring healing in your body and bring healing in your marriage and bring healing in your relationship and bring healing in your broken heart and bring healing in your mind. He is. He said, that's who I am. I am your healer. And then he goes on and he reveals himself throughout the scripture as Jehovah Shalom. Shalom is the God of peace, meaning that which is broken and that which is missing has been fixed and has the need has been met. If there's anything in your life today that's broken, if there's anything in your life today that's missing, you don't have to reach out for some illicit relationship to try and fill it. You don't have to reach out for drugs to try and fill it. You don't have to go and drink alcohol to try and fill it. You don't have to run after the wealth of this world to try and fill it. He said, I am Jehovah Shalom. I am the God where there's nothing broken and nothing missing. He can fix and He can fill anything in your life. Is there somebody here today will call on Jehovah Shalom. God, I need you to fix this. I need you to fill this. Uh, I'm reaching out to you. You are my God. Who? Anybody here today with uh, healing you need in your life? Just reach out to Him right now and say, Jehovah Rapha, I receive you as my personal God. I receive you as my healer. I receive your healing power in my life. And maybe you got a need in your life. Just reach out to Him. Jehovah Jireh, you want to be near to me. I draw you in. I don't push you away. I draw you near. Jehovah Jireh, come and meet that need according to your riches and glory. You keep going 
one through the Scripture and He reveals Himself through these compound names, Jehovah, Shema, the God who is there, meaning that if the enemy tripped you and you fell over there, God is there. If circumstances beat you up and deposited you there, God is there. Wherever you are, God is there. He said, there's no shadow of turning with me. He said, don't you feel like I've ever forsaken you? Don't you feel like I've ever abandoned you? Wherever you are, there I am. Hallelujah. And you can call upon His name and there's healing and there's salvation in His name. Another place He reveals Himself as Jehovah Mophet. And that word means the God of wonders. Meaning if you need a miracle, He says, just look up into the heavens. See those stars? I created them. See that sun? I created it. See that moon? I hung it in its place. Uh, He said, if you need a miracle, I'm a miracle working God. There's nothing that you're faced with today that I cannot create, recreate, and perform the miracle needed to meet that need. He is Jehovah Mophet. He is the God of wonders. We need to look beyond the horizon of our setbacks and look beyond the horizon of our negative circumstances and look up into the hills from where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord. He wants to work miracles in your life. Do you hear what I'm saying? He wants to reveal Himself as a miracle-working God of wonder in your life. If you're here today and you need a miracle, I would reach out and say, Jehovah Mophe, just come and do your thing. Do your thing. It's as easy as you talking. You said, let there be light and there was light. It's as easy as you talking to create the greatest miracle that I would ever need in my life. And then he says, I am Jehovah Oroi. I am your God, your shepherd. I am not, I have not forsaken you. I have not put you out here on a course and let you stumble through life by yourself. He says, if you look unto me, I will lead you. I will guide you. I'll bring you to the still waters. I'll bring you to the green pastures. I'll lead you in the paths of righteousness for my name's sake. For I am Jehovah Oroi. I am your God, your shepherd. What a good, good God we serve. And the great thing about Jehovah, whatever he is, Jehovah this or Jehovah that, our God, that is a covenant name. So he reveals himself to us in a covenant name. He says, I am a God of covenant. I want you to be in covenant with me. And I'm telling you, there's a many great covenants going through the Old Testament. There's a dam- I mean, there's a Dinic covenant. What a great covenant. There's the Abrahamic covenant. Boy, there's the Noahic covenant. There's the Davidic covenant. There's a, a, all these great covenants all through the Old Testament. But then we get to Hebrews 7 and 8 in the New Testament. And the Bible says that all those great covenants are surpassed by a covenant that's better than them all. It's better than them all. And it was given to us by the better high priest, Jesus Christ, who signed it with better blood, not the blood of an animal, but the blood of the Son of God, who built it upon better promises. Hallelujah. And we have this covenant God who loves us so much and He wants us to live this life in relationship with Him in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. 
We find in Isaiah 9 and 6, the Bible says that all was fulfilled when unto us a son was given and unto us a child is born. And the Bible says his name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor and Mighty God and Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. I'm telling you, as you go throughout the Scripture that God is revealing himself, it seems he wants to be more and more intimate with us. You get to Isaiah 7 and 14 and he says his name will be called Emmanuel. And that's translated God with us. So it's not just God before you. It's just not God above you. It's not just God in the heavens. But now he wants to come and be with us. And Jesus says, by his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Can you see the progression where God, our covenant God, wants such an intimacy, such a closeness. He wants to live in us and live through us. That's how he's revealed himself. And I thank God that he's not revealing himself through burning bushes today and, and a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and, and, and so forth. But he is dwelling in us and flowing through us by his spirit. What an amazing God we serve who, who made the most intimate connection with us through his son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua. Jesus, Jesus. He is our Savior. Hallelujah. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. So I'm here to tell you today, if you need saving, Jesus is who you call on. If you need provision, Jesus is who you call on. If you need healing, Jesus is who you call on. If you need victory in your life, Jesus is who you call on. If you need peace, I'm telling you, if you need righteousness, if you need the presence of God, call on the name of Jesus. Jesus! Jesus, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we might be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in this progression of the identifying nature of God going with us through life, he also makes another revelation that it would behoove us to understand and comprehend so that we will know how to deal with it when we're faced with life. For example, if you go to Exodus 14, you will see the, the, that chapter deals with Moses leading the Israelites out of the Egyptian, the Egyptian bondage. They had been in slavery and they had been under hardship for a number of years, but God has raised Moses up and is leading them out. And Pharaoh is chasing after them. And they come to the Red Sea and God divides the Red Sea, parts the waters and lets them cross over on dry ground, the Bible says. Get to the next chapter, Exodus 15, and they're now on the other side of the Red Sea, away from Egypt in what we call the miracle zone. And while they're there on the miracle zone, in that miracle zone, the waters have receded and drowned Pharaoh and drowned all of the soldiers that were coming against them. Moses writes a song, the song of Moses, and all the people sing it. And then you've got Miriam writing a song, and, and the ladies are dancing to it and playing their tambourines. And, and part of the words say, we sing unto the Lord, for He has given us a glorious victory. He has thrown the horses and their riders in the sea. They're singing the praises of God, how God's delivered them, and how God has miraculously placed them in this miracle zone. And they're worshiping Him. And the water was bitter, and God turned it sweet, and God was working miracles there 
But then we get to Exodus 16 and we now see that in the miracle zone there's manna falling from heaven and they've got the bread of heaven to eat. There's even quail being sent into their camp and they've got the meat of the air to eat the miracle zone. Then you get to Exodus 17 and, and now they've moved on from Mara and now they're in the wilderness and God has got rivers of water flowing out of a rock. Out of a rock! And it's quenching the thirst of millions of people and their livestock. It's a miracle zone, a miracle supply, a miracle land. And then you get to verse 8. Everybody has to deal with verse 8. In the midst of the miracle zone, in the midst of being led by God with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, in the footsteps of Almighty God, they have a verse 8, as we do as well. What happened at verse 8? The Bible says the Amalekites show up and the Amalekites fight against Israel at Rephidim. There is an enemy that did not give up. There's an enemy that found them out even in their miracles on and began to fight against them. I'm telling you, we need to know this because on our journey into the promised land of God and fulfilling the purpose, will, the purpose that God has for us and the will that God has for us, we must know also that there are some Amalekites that are coming as Satan and demons who will fight against us as well. We must understand that because even though we're pursuing the will of God, even though we're walking in the miracles of God, even though we're enjoying the provision of God, and even though we're worshiping as we go, we must know a verse 8 is there. There will be opposition from the enemy. If you've ever felt like you're out here doing God's will and you're out here pursuing your heart and passion after the Lord, but there's been some opposition in your life, I say don't feel alone. Don't feel alone because the Apostle Paul felt this way as well. You'll read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 18. He says, therefore I wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again. But look what he said, but Satan has hindered me. Satan has hindered my team from coming to you. And that word hinder, he comes from the Greek word ekopto, uh, uh, and ekopto means a road that has uh, come to an impasse, that something has deteriorated, something has brought destruction in the road that you're traveling, and it's trying to slow you up, it's trying to detour you, it's trying to turn you around. It also means running a race in the Greek races. And this word, ektopko, means that someone tried to trip you. Somebody tried to elbow you out uh, off course so that you would not be any competition to them. Hindered you. And Paul is actually saying Satan has created an impasse that has kept me from seeing you. We're talking about the Apostle Paul. We're talking about he who was Saul of Tarsus that was going to destroy the Christians but had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And there his life was turned around. He was filled with the Spirit of God. He was called to take up the cross of Jesus Christ and now to take the, the message of Christ to the world at peril. And he is doing just that. He's on his second missionary journey and he says the enemy has hindered us. The enemy has tried everything he could to prohibit us from coming and visiting you and sharing the word of God with you. Satan has fought against us. 
I want you to be made aware today that we're not going to preach that once you become a Christian, it's like tipping through the tulips. It's like a, 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 a rose garden. Come on now. I'm telling you, the devil is real. We're not here to promote the devil. We're not here to tell you how powerful he is. We're to, here to tell you what a scoundrel he is and that you can identify him and not allow him to get the victory over your life. Because as you walk in this way of the Lord and as you run this race for the Lord, let me tell you what, the enemy's going to try to put obstacles that will hinder you. And Paul faced them and, and as he faced them, he faced them with, with faith and he faced them with a fight that you and I need to learn and do as well. So the million dollar question is, when opposition comes against us, how do we handle it? How do we handle opposition. Well, I want to give you three things that we need to do when the enemy opposes us. Three ways to handle opposition. And the first way, and this is very, very important, you need to recognize that it is the enemy that is trying to stop you. You need to first and foremost realize that the obstacle that you're facing is the enemy who is trying to stop you. I love the Apostle Paul. He doesn't use religious jargon. He doesn't play around. He doesn't do a twist or, or a spin on it. He just says, he calls it out. He said, I tried to visit you time and time again, and it was Satan that hindered me. He could have twisted it and said, you know what? It's been so difficult for me to get to you guys. It's not God's will for me to come at this time. Wouldn't that sound better? Oh, it's just not God's will for me to do that at this time. You know, maybe God will work it out later. No! He says, the, the devil, Satan is hindering me. He's called the devil out. Sometimes I believe we try to look so spiritual that we spiritualize everything and we forget we're in a war. And let me tell you what, when you're in war, that ain't no time to be playing around. When you're in a war, that ain't no time for you to be calling what is, is, what is not, uh, what, uh, things that are not as though they are. You need to call out what it really is. It's time to be honest. And if it's a spirit of division, if it's a spirit of, of darkness, if it's a spirit of, uh, uh, of confusion, if it's a spirit spirit of whatever it is. You need to call it out. Don't you say, well, I called the devil out. He might get mad at me. Paul says, I want him to get mad at me because I'm mad at him. He's hindering me from coming to you. And Paul had been there preaching in Thessalonica for three consecutive Sabbaths. And eventually the rulers got together and said, we don't like what he's preaching. And the Bible says that they're jealous. That's what that, the spirit that's driving it. But that's not what they say. The religious leaders try to spin on it and says he's causing division and he's causing you know, problems and, and, and this is not good for the religious community. So they rush into Jason's house where uh, Paul is staying. Paul's not there, but they uh, arrest all of Jason's family and they have to go post bond uh, to be able to get out of jail. And that night, Paul uh, escapes out of Thessalonica and he goes to Berea. And the Bereans, the Bible says, they, they welcomed him and, and, uh, and they took him in. So Paul's like, okay, devil, you tried to stop me, but there's an open door here. So he's at, uh, preaching to the Bereans. And then we find out that the Bereans eventually don't, don't like it. And, and they're, they're kicking him out, so he has to leave there. And, uh, and then he goes to Athens and he preaches there. Uh, one of the greatest uh, uh, sermons and ministry, probably outreach he ever had there in Athens. So what the devil meant for evil, God made it for good. Hallelujah. But the reason we need to recognize who is trying to stop you, because if in your mind you think it's God, 
If because you have some obstacles, devil tricks you to believe those obstacles are God trying to stop you, guess what? None of us want to violate God's will, right? None of us want to disobey God. So if we see the opposition or the obstacles as from the Lord, then we will turn and go the other way. And Satan wins. Let me tell you what. Paul says you've got to call him out. If it's Satan hindering you, you need to call Satan out. And that will encourage you several things. One, you're not going to say this is God and dismiss it. And two, maybe it'll cause a warrior to rise up in you. Because every one of us has a warrior within us. We were created in the image of God and we see that God is the victor and God doesn't let... When Satan pulled his stuff in heaven, God kicks him out. Let me tell you what, God's a warrior and he's, we're created in his image and we're not to put up with the devil. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. He has given us authority over all the power of the enemy. He by no means shall harm us and he wants us to exercise. God wants us to exercise the authority that he has given to us. Hallelujah. So the first reason you need to discern the source of your hindrance is that knowing the enemy is trying to stop you will help keep you on track rather than get you off track. I'm telling you when the devil fought, every time I look at the history of me coming to this church and this church and the history of this church, every time I think about when the greatest battle came in and the enemy was threatening, like, this is, this is not going to be, this is not going to be. I remember we had uh, uh, one young guy here at the church, and, uh, and this young guy, this was years, and before I was even married, I think, years ago. And, uh, and, and he was very timid, and I was trying to coach him and, and push him and, and help him out. And, and, uh, and, and, and this group got together and said, you know, we feel so sorry for him. We believe that you need to go and be an evangelist and let him have this group of people because he'll never get a group of people on his own. And I said, do what? I'm your pastor. I mean, what are you saying? You're like, get out of here. Uh, and who pulled these people together? I mean, why should, who says he can keep them? He's scared of the Holy Ghost. I said, we're still trying to get him full of the Holy Ghost. You know, what are you talking about? And they said, well, that's what we heard God say. And they get very confident. That's what we heard God say. And I said, well, until I hear God say that, I'm staying put. Well, thank God. Thank God, because those things fizzled out. And I don't even know if they're in ministry or what they're doing today. But let me tell you what. This church here is alive and we're strong and we're reaching around this world and we're not ashamed of the Holy Ghost and we're moving in the power of the Word of God. And so you got to understand. I said, you know what? As good as these people are, the devil's using them. They're having pity for this little guy. And, and I, I like the guy. I'm trying to help him. I'm trying to promote him. But, but giving him the church, I mean, that's crazy. You know, they said, you can go out there and start a church anywhere. You're going to succeed wherever you go. This poor guy, he, this is his, his only chance. And I said, no, it's not. This ain't going to be his chance. He's going to either have to man up or, you know, <laughs> whatever. Come on now. But when I recognized what the devil was trying to do, you know what? It, I got up and preached better, I believe, than I preached before. And I was more determined to keep going with what God called me here to do than ever before. And the obstacles began to energize me. The obstacles began to be the stones upon which I would, would step upon and say, yes, if God be for me, who can be against me? And you got to learn to do the same thing. When the negative comes against you, don't let it discourage you. Let it encourage you. Just say, you know what? I'm making such an impact, the devil don't like it. I am ushering in the glory of the Lord and the devil don't like it. And guess what? If the devil don't like it, I love it. 
If the devil's unhappy, I'm happy. If the devil would rather me stop, I'm going to keep on going. Hallelujah. you got to understand and recognize who is trying to stop you. And another reason it's good to know that when it's the enemy that's trying to stop you is that this knowledge will keep you from blaming yourself. How often we battle ourselves more. We let the enemy use us to beat us down. Oh my, my, I talked to too many people, thousands of people over the years, and they do more harm. The enemy uses them to do more harm to themselves. Do you know what? To be a Great Commission church, we are to preach the gospel around the world. We're to start here in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But not only are we a Great Commission church, we have a great commandment. That we're to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, a lot of times we see loving our neighbor as a commandment, and, and, and that's what we, we are focused on. But let me tell you what he says. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the enemy knows that if he can get you into self-condemnation, and he can get you degrading yourself, and questioning yourself, and putting yourself down, that that will spill over and affect how you love your neighbor. And I'm telling you, your neighbor in the Bible means near one. And here at Christian Embassy, you are near ones. You are near us. And we are to love one another as the body of Christ. And then our, as we go into our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part, we are to love, but we have to. We have to love ourselves. I didn't say be in love with ourselves but love ourselves. We have to see that we're a child of God, born again. Yes, fallible. Yes, sinful, but forgiven, redeemed. Hallelujah. Made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Filled with the Spirit of God. A son, a daughter, adopted into the family of God. Now priests and kings, the Bible says, unto Him a royal priesthood. We've got to see who God has made us. And when we see who God has made us, then we can love ourselves as God loves us. And we can let the love of God flow through us to love others uh, without any kind of a, a distorted love. We can love others as we expand the kingdom of God. And when you realize it is the devil who is setting you back, the devil who is holding you back, it will help you to understand, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's trying to get me down on myself so that I'll throw in the towel. He's trying to make me think that this setback is from God or it's because I'm not good enough and I don't deserve to move into whatever this blessing is that God has. So we must understand that. I'm telling you because the devil knows how he knows how to talk. He knows how to talk to Christians. Did you know that? The devil knows how to talk to Christians. Don't you put that halo on and say, devil ain't never talked to me. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you are, but the devil talked to you. You remember Peter? Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And they're saying this, that, and then, he, and then Peter gets the revelation. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said what? He says, flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, Peter, but my Father in heaven. So he got a divine revelation from Father God. Then Jesus says, now I must needs go to Jerusalem. They're going to crucify me. They're going to bury me. On the third day, I'll rise again. So he's telling the whole gospel story. And Peter says, no! No, I'll never let it be. I'll stand before you. I'll fight. We will not let you go to Jerusalem. They will not kill you. And what does Jesus say? Satan, get thee behind me. Peter just got a revelation from Father God and now he's listening to the devil. 
and Jesus calls him out. So don't you think, just because you a good old Christian boy, a good old Christian girl, that the devil won't try to talk to you. He will. He will. And you've got to be able to recognize if it is him. Okay. Because let me tell you what, the devil is doing anything and everything he can to get uh, you discouraged and get you off track. Now, the second way to handle opposition, we have it up here, is to acknowledge that the setback is only temporary. Okay, you recognize who it is, what the devil has tried to do in tripping you up, but now this setback is only temporary. It is so important to your faith for you to understand this concept. Otherwise, you will exhaust your faith. Otherwise, you will give up or give out. You will throw in the towel. But when you understand that from the promise of God's word, that what the devil has brought against you is only temporary, all you got, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, he said, For our light and momentary trouble, they are achieving for us an eternal glory that, it, that far outweighs them all. He called it out, Paul said. He said, the trouble that we're going through, this affliction the devil's bringing against us, it's momentary. It is just temporary. It is just temporary. I'm here to tell somebody today what you've been going through, it's not going to last forever. I'm trying to tell somebody right now the condition you're in, you feel like, oh my goodness, this is, this is horrible. This is, if it, this is the way the rest of life is, I don't know if I want the rest of life. I'm here to tell you it's only temporary. It is only temporary. Satan's attacks will cease and you will be able to move forward with clarity and move forward with power. I love this preacher. When I was a teenager, I heard him, Tony Campolo. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he made famous that sermon, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And I'm here to tell you, he would preach that thing. Don't you know that Satan thought he defeated Christ when Jesus said it is finished and died on the cross? He said, little did he know that was just Friday, but Sunday's coming. And if you're facing a Friday right now, I'm here to encourage you today from that sermon, Sunday's coming. Look at your life right now. Look at your circumstances right now. Is there any sickness in your body? It's only Friday. Sunday is coming. That sickness is going to go. That weakness is going to go. That, that healing power of God is going to be manifest and you're going to see a turnaround in your life. You say, well, pastor, I'm broke today. Well, if you're broke, busted, and disgusted, uh, don't frown too long, okay? Because it's just Friday. Sunday's coming. Come back on Wednesday nights and hear the teaching that we're doing on how to prosper God's way, how to open the floodgates of heaven, uh, and how to have supernatural provision in your life. Uh, you say, well, pastor, my life is in great pain, uh, and a relationship is great pain. Uh, there's a setback here. I'm telling you, it's only Friday, but Sunday. Sunday is coming. You may feel defeated today, but don't you throw in the towel. Don't you give up. Don't you let go. Don't you make a decision in the midst of that dark moment because it's only Friday. Sunday is coming. Resurrection power is coming. Resurrection authority is coming into your life. So when opposition comes, recognize who it is who's trying to stop you. And if it's the devil, laugh and say, I'm going to run harder. I'm going to run harder. You tried to trip me up, but I'm going to run harder. You're going to eat my dust. Eat my dust. And acknowledge that the setback is only temporary. 
Because not only are you running, you've got the power of God running with you. You've got the authority of God running with you. You've got the glory of God running with you. You've got to understand you're not in this thing alone. You're not in this thing by yourself. And if God be for you, did you hear what I said? If God be for you, who, the Bible says, who can be against you? No demon of hell, not even Satan himself can hinder you and hold you back. I'm telling you that setback is temporary. It may be Friday, but Sunday is on its way. Hallelujah. There's an old saying in the world that fits this truth. Don't take it lying down. Come on, do something about it. Do something about it. And I challenge each and every one of you. The devil's been coming against you to keep you from being that glory. Do you know the Bible says that the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea? And I found that one of the ways God is getting His glory to cover the earth is for His glory, to be, for Him to be glorified in and through our lives. As He's glorified in and through our lives, whatever sphere of influence we have, the glory of the Lord is illuminating. The glory of the Lord is covering. And the devil doesn't like that. The devil wants the glory. He tried to get it in heaven and he didn't get it. And he's going to try to get it here, here in earth. And we need to learn from our God and say the devil's not going to get it here either. I'm telling you, we're going to run this race in such a way that God gets the glory. And if we get tripped and we fall, we're going to get back up and say, for the glory of God, I'm going forward. And I guarantee you, you will win. I love the Apostle Paul. Oh my, he didn't throw in the towel. He didn't resign himself to the situation he found a way to keep on preaching. He found a way to keep on teaching. He found a way to keep on praying for folks. If things closed up in Thessalonica, then what did he do? He goes on to Berea. And when he gets to Berea, he begins to preach the Word of God. I've got a little uh, 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 gate there to show you about Berea there. In there, Berea, let's see, we got that slide, or maybe you have to jump ahead. But when he got to Berea, there, he then didn't have any, uh, uh, he had success for a short season, but then they said, enough is enough. And you know what he says? I'm not discouraged. I'm not, I'm not going to stop. What's the next open door? And God opened up Athens. Wow. And look at Athens here. What a beautiful, beautiful city there in Athens. You guys got Athens for me? There we go. There we go. That's where he ends up at because he wouldn't give up, because he wouldn't stop. And now he's at Mars Hill. And there at Mars Hill, he is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that you would say like the uh, Supreme Court is listening. That's like the Supreme Court group there. They're listening. And this thing is going to the highest officials of this amazing city. Paul says, I'm not giving up. The devil dug a hole in the in and caused an impasse in the way. But you know what? That little detour got me to Berea. And then when that little uh, got uh, stuck in Berea, I got another little bypass. And you know what? I didn't stop. I end up here in Athens. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what. We got to learn to keep on keeping on. We got to keep on keeping on. Praise God. Let me tell you what. There are two things you can do when someone elbows you and they will try to elbow you. They will. Paul makes reference in Galatians 5 and 7. He says, you are running a good race. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you? He's using that terminology. Who cut in on you? Well, there's two things you can do when someone cuts in on you. First thing you can do is you can drop out of the race and find a judge and whine and complain. 
and just say, life ain't fair. Life ain't fair. You know, I, just, I, I was just trying to do and run the race and just be a good guy or a good gal and just life ain't fair. <laughs> okay, that's one thing you could do. Or you can run harder and faster to catch up and overtake and win to let the setback be the very grit that gets down in your gut and says, oh no, if God be for me, who can be against me? And you start running like Superman or Superwoman knowing that the Holy Ghost is the power of your steps and you get more determined than ever before and you get out ahead. Because here's some ironclad facts. There will be people who are jealous of you and don't want you to get ahead. The reason that the Thessalonians filed charges against Paul was jealousy. That's not what they filed the charges. Their charges were saying they're causing disruption, they're causing chaos, they're causing confusion, they're causing rioting. But the Bible calls them out. It said the Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot. So it was because of jealousy. Let me tell you what. I want to live my life in such a way I make the devil jealous. I want him. See, he was a worship leader in heaven. And he's the one who had those, those stones, those 12 stones. And the Bible says the wind would blow through his body and make the beautiful sounds and the light would shine through and there would be a kaleidoscope of, of light and just the glory of the Lord and worship to God. And the Bible says that then he wanted to get what God had. He wanted to, to get the praise. He wanted to get the glory. And God kicks him out and he takes a third of the angels with him. Well, now there's a praise and worship is left vacant in heaven. So what does God do? He looks here on earth at our creation of man and he says, what I will do now is I will raise them up to be worshipers. And as they worship me, my glory will fill them. My spirit will flow through them. My anointing will flow through them. So you and I have taken over where Lucifer left off. And that makes him jealous. And it makes him jealous. I don't care. I want to live my life in such a way the devil is jealous. Come on now. Man, let me tell you what. Because if you're not, then you may be on the devil's side rather than on the Lord's side. Amen. So they're trying to lie about Paul and said he's teaching heresy and he's not a good example. He's broken the Ten Commandments. But the Bible said, uh, the reason they came against Paul was jealousy against them because of jealousy. I'm here to tell you, there will be jealous people who do not want you to see you get ahead. Don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Don't get caught up with them. Realize there's a spirit behind it and you recognize what that spirit is and you're not going to give in to it. You're going to keep going for the glory of God. Hallelujah. So that's when Paul moved from Berea right on to Athens. He ends up in Athens at Mars Hill and what a blessing that was for the glory of God. So we understand that we cannot give in to the, uh, the, the things that Satan has tried to do to stop us. And otherwise, we need to say, wait a minute. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So this is an ironclad fact. If I'll keep on keeping on, even though the enemy's coming against me with negative, the second fact is that God's going to turn it. God's going to turn it for good. So what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it for good. But i got to stay in the race. i got to stay in the race. Look at somebody and say, stay in the race. Come on, tell them, stay in the race. I challenge you today in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, 
In the name of the Holy Ghost, I challenge you to make the devil regret that he ever messed with you. I challenge you today to refuse to quit, to refuse to give up, to give more of your energy and focus on the race that God has called you to than ever before. He has created you in His image. You are created in the image of God. You are created in the image of His power, in the image of His love, with purpose and destiny. And I'm telling you, God is calling for us to take the challenge and say we will rise up to the call. We will rise up to our purpose. We will rise up to our destiny. We will usher in the glory of the Lord in our lives, flowing through our lives, cover this earth as the water covers the sea. And I know obstacles are going to come. I know opposition is going to come. But I know how to handle it. First, I recognize that's the devil. And that inspires me rather than discourages me. That gives the pep to my step rather than me dropping my head in defeat. The devil is a liar. The devil has been defeated. The devil is under my feet. And if he's under my feet, that means I've got to run over the top of his head. Come on, somebody. you got to recognize, no, this opposition is from the devil. I'm not stopping. I'm not giving up. And you got to recognize that if God be for you, who in the world can be against you? And that setback is only temporary. You're not going to be in that all day long. You're not going to be in that all month long. You're not going to be in that by the end of the year. That thing's going to be in the history books. It's going to be behind you because you kept moving forward. You kept moving forward. Look for the way to fulfill God's plan for your life. I challenge you. I challenge you. Will you take the challenge? I challenge you. If you're willing to take the challenge, would you stand to your feet and say, God, here am I. Count on me in 2018. It may be the wrap-up of this year, but there's things you want to do this year. There's miracles you want to perform this year. There's kingdom advancement you want to uh, explode in this world this year. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. Hallelujah. Take the challenge today. Say, I'm not going to let the obstacles discourage me. I'm not going to let the opposition cause me to get out of the race. No, I'm going to stay in the race. And I'm going to run this race with perseverance. I'm going to run this race in such a way to bring glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving to my God. And what the devil has tried to do to discourage me, I'm going to look at it and say, nope, that encourages me. I've taken the challenge and I'm going with God and God is going with me and I'm giving Him the glory and I'm giving Him the honor and I'm just open up to the Jehovah Mo faith of God, the wonder working power of God uh, to manifest His miracles in and through my life. Here am I, God. I take the challenge. Hallelujah. The Bible says if we're going to stand in God, walk in God, talk in God, live in God, and succeed in God, we got to do it through a relationship with God. And that relationship comes through Jesus Christ. Everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Oh, let's call upon the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 my Lord, my Savior. 
Jesus, I give myself to you. I call upon you today. Your name is above every name. Your name is above every name. There's no other name under heaven given among men today that we might be saved, that we might prosper, that we might be victorious. Jesus! Jesus, I call upon your name today. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and turn your back on that failure. Turn your back on that violation. Turn your back on that sin. Turn your back on that hindrance. Turn your back on that failure. Turn your back on that falling. Turn your back on that violation. And say in the name of Jesus, I turn away from you, devil. And I turn to my Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, my forgiver. Hallelujah. And just call in Him, Jesus. Jesus, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I got off track. I got off focus. Forgive me, Lord. I got my eyes on you, Jesus. My heart is committed to you, Jesus. My life is dedicated to you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Wash me, cleanse me, revive me, renew me, Lord. Let resurrection power rise up in me, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill me with your spirit. Just ask him. Fill me afresh and anew, God, with your spirit. Lord, fill me to overflow. Lord, I don't want to walk in my spirit strength. I want to walk in your spirit strength. Fill me, Lord God. Fill me, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I take the challenge. I'm not going to let the opposition dictate my life. I'm not going to let the devil throwing stones at me dictate my life. No, I'm created with purpose. I'm created with destiny. I'm created in the image of God. Touch yourself. You need to touch yourself. Wake yourself up to that fact. I'm created in the image of God. I am created in the image of God. I am His son. I'm His daughter. His, his royal blood flows through my veins and, and His eternal purpose is, is my will. Hallelujah. I take the challenge that I will go into this, this week and I will let the glory of the Lord not only fill me, but flood through me to spill around me to be a part of covering this earth as the waters cover the sea. God, let your glory, just ask him right now, God, let your glory, let your glory be manifest in and through me. Lord, I know you need me to stay in the race and I need you, you need for me to run as though to win. And I need you, I know you need me to run with faith and in faith. You need me to do my part. So Jesus, as your son, as your daughter, I take the challenge. I'm going to run this race. And I'm going to run it with perseverance. I'm going to run it in faith. And I'm going to run it in such a way that your glory, God, your glory will be manifest in and through me. The advancement of your kingdom. Just use me, Lord. Just make that, make that your commitment to him, Lord. Just, gee, Lord, use me this week to do great and mighty things for your glory. Here am I. Just tell him, here am I. Send me. Mean it from your heart. Say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, I pray that you would seal their promise by the power of your spirit to guide and direct them as a shepherd guides their sheep. Let your blessings and favor and anointing and healing power 
and provision be manifest in every area of their lives as we go into this week for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.